Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Con Job, everybody's favorite convention-related podcast. This week, Ryan and I are speaking with Mark Meir, um, voice extraordinaire, if you will. <laughs> Mark, how are you? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Mark, how are you? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Good, good. So um, for, for those listeners who don't know you, they, they're going to know your voice the second that you say it, but who are you? What do you do? I am an actor, and uh, in the course of my career, I found myself doing some voice work in video games. And the video game that I'm probably best known for is actually three video games, the Mass Effect trilogy, where I play... Commander Shepard, and I also play a bunch of aliens. And you're also part of uh, part of Baldur's Gate and a whole slew of of uh, of other game, you know, games as well, right? Yes, that's correct. I, I sort of started out uh, doing the Baldur's Gate games and the Dungeons and Dragons based mm-hmm. games that Bioware did. Uh, I also uh, more recently returned to those games for the enhanced editions that uh, Beamdog. Uh, took over and Beamdog was founded by a bunch of people who were in Bioware uh, in the early days so they were responsible for that and uh, beyond that uh, I I guess most of my voice work in video games anyway has been uh, with Bioware but there's also a new game called The Long Dark or well it's been out for a few years now but it's an ongoing game it's released in episodic chapters and that actually stars both myself and Jennifer Hale the female commander shepherd Ah, Femship. Oh, I, yeah. Jennifer did, uh, I did a cosplay thing and she actually voiced my cosplay episode, which was kind of awesome. And I was like, oh, I'm connected to both of them. Yes. I love them. Jennifer's amazing. <laughs> she is. So uh, what are some of the, some, some of the other things that you like? I mean, obviously we know what you're doing now, but tell us a little bit more about Mark. Like what have, what have you been doing kind of, I guess, during the quarantine when you really couldn't do anything else? Or just the general, in general, the pandemic as a whole? Well, voice actors are fortunate enough that that work has been able to continue. And uh, so there have been there have been recording sessions. I'm also lucky enough that uh, the studio that I work with or do a lot of work with is very well set up for social distancing. And it's basically me and an engineer in the building and we're in completely separate rooms. So that 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 has managed to continue. But during the pandemic, I have been doing quite a bit of uh, online Dungeons and Dragons uh, for, for other people's streams. I've been a guest on a lot of them. And I recently just started uh, an official Dungeons and Dragons screen, uh, stream with Wizards of the Coast uh, called the Black Dice Society that actually just launched last week. That's DM'd by Mr. B. Dave Walters. Those in the fandom will know quite well. Uh, he was also on uh, L.A. by Night, uh, Vampire the Masquerade uh, actual play stream, uh, which I was fortunate enough to guest on. And uh, yeah, we've got a fantastic cast. And as I say, it is an official Dungeons and Dragons stream. So that drops every Thursday on uh, both the Wizards of the Coast uh, Dungeons and Dragons Twitch and on the YouTube channel. Awesome. So we we kind of talked about it in, you know, in the pre-show, but uh what what's the uh, what's the latest thing that you've been working on? I saw you drop a drop a, a share on your uh, on your personal page earlier today. But uh, for those of you that don't know, what's the the latest thing that's coming out? Uh, are we? I, I think you're referring to the Black Dice Society post that I made. Uh, well, I'm I'm referring to the uh, the Mass Effect 
post that you made. Uh, which one? Which one? I think I just retweeted the, the remastered. Oh yes. Well, as as you may be aware, there is a remaster of the Mass Effect trilogy coming out, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's of course everyone is looking very forward to it, very excited about it. Uh, that is May fourteenth. Those of you who have been following us might know that the cast did a big reunion uh, for N Seven Day uh, last year, and uh, I think that something like that might be happening again. Uh, we did we did the big cast reunion panel, uh, and Ashley Vila uh, moderated that for us. Did a great job, uh, and then we also did uh, a series of online stream uh, signings through Streamly. So I think that there's a very good chance that something similar might be happening around the time of the release. I, I don't know if I can confirm anything yet, but we have been talking. It's uh, pretty pretty freaking exciting, especially for people that are video game fans, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, I'm happy that people are getting back together and doing things and like figuring out ways to make things work for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the first reunion panel, it was great just to see everybody. You know, it was great to see anyone, uh, given the the lockdowns and things like that. And, and of course, I, I, it's certainly not a unique experience, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone has experienced like a lot of big zoom birthday parties and reunions and, and various things like that. Uh, so it was, it was really fun to get to do that and be able to also then uh, do online live streamings for the fans. Like uh, I did mine on uh, Instagram live and it was a lot of fun. And so now, when, Oh, go, go, ahead, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, go ahead. I was going to say, we've talked about the fact that you you did the voice acting, mm-hmm. and there's, I mean, the, there's a there's so much interest in it. I mean, everybody, I'm sure, thinks to themselves, oh, when we're at dinner with friends, I I I can, you know, I can do all these voices and make everybody laugh, and I can be in, in character or whatever. But how how is it possible? How does one get into voice acting? Because obviously it's not just as easy as, you know, oh, I just make up a voice and that's the person, you know, like how does how does one get into that? Well, I did it the old fashioned way, which was going to an audition. And I was lucky enough that I got in on the ground floor. Let's face it. This was back when Bioware was literally having the old cattle call style auditions where everybody in town showed up. Edmonton, where I'm where I am and where uh, Bioware is based. Uh, they basically had, you know, dozens of actors. I, I sat in a big room with other people. We got called into the booth one by one. We did our audition. And on the strength of that audition, I got cast in Baldur's Gate 2 uh, for one line in the final cutscene of the game. Uh, and as I've said before, Bioware seemed to like that single line enough that they kept hiring me back for uh, pretty much everything they've worked on since uh, in some capacity. Uh, so I worked on, again, all the uh, the Baldur's Gate games. I got to play Siric, the god of murder, in uh, Baldur's Gate uh, uh, Throne. Uh, I think it was Throne of Baal. Uh, which was the uh, extension for that game. And I worked on the original Knights of the Old Republic doing demo work. I was actually the demo Karth Onasi, uh, who Raphael Sabarge, uh, who plays Caden in Mass Effect, uh, ended up getting that in the main game. Uh, I, I did uh, Jade Empire, uh, Kingmaker, Neverwinter Nights, uh, a lot of their games. So by the time that Mass Effect came along, I'd, I'd been working with Bioware for quite a number of years. You you did uh, did Inquisition and and Dragon Age, right? Yes, that's correct. I did uh, Dragon Age, Dragon Age Two, Dragon Age Awakenings is probably the most work that I've done on a uh, Dragon Age game. I was all the talking darkspawn, like the first, the lost, the withered, and my wife in, in that game actually my my wife played the Baroness, who was sort of the main villain. So I got to play 
for minions, and that was fun. I mean, that's that's kind of what you are now, though, yes, right? Of course. <laughs> no, I I remember you, you talked about Edmonton. I I love Edmonton. I when I met you, it was it was funny because we were judging the costume contest. I was a guest at, at Edmonton that's Expo right. when Emily Expo owned it, and. Um, you know, I was I was judging the costume contest, and I kept hearing your voice. I don't remember what costume you had on. You had a full face mask on, and I don't remember what it was that you had on. What? But what I remember hearing your what voice. Was this was in 2016. I think I was the Night King from Game of Thrones. I, you know what? That's exactly there what you, you were. Go. Yes. Um, but I kept hearing your voice, and I'm like, oh, I recognize this guy's voice. I recognize this guy's voice. And then the next day, like you were like, oh, you know, come by the booth tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. The next day when I walked by your booth, I was like, holy shit, that's Mark Mayer. <laughs> so it was. So it was. And yeah, I, I kind of lost my mind. And then I got to see you, I think, uh, the next year at, uh, at Megacon, which was, which was kind of mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, I love Megacon. Very good convention. I miss convention. Yeah, and I miss now, I, so do we. <laughs> Oh gosh, you have no idea. So now, I mean, with that being said, I mean, being based in Canada, you guys are still kind of like, you guys are still kind of locked down, right? Yes. Uh, well, we have a bit of a vaccine supply issue. Uh, so things, uh, again, you know, our numbers are, you know, perhaps not as extreme, but again there's there's probably going to be a bit of a delay before we get everybody vaccinated uh i know that i myself you know i'm not even scheduled like i think in around may or june i can i can look into maybe signing up uh and then of course there'll probably be at least a couple of months delay before before the second shot comes in so yeah so a little bit a little bit of a delay uh largely because a lot of our vaccine making facilities uh, were sort of scrapped in the late eighties, early nineties uh, and everything got outsourced. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that there'll be probably more of a push to have some homegrown vaccine making facilities <laughs> going forward from here. That's freaking terrible. I know. Right. And of course we're looking at it going, Oh look, Johnson and Johnson just scrapped 15 million doses. Oh, did they? Because of, oh, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know they, they scrapped a ton of doses. And now it's like, oh, now we don't well, have as many. Still better safe than sorry. I mean, we've, we've all gone through a year of this. We know we can wait. I think probably being patient uh, is probably our best move. And better, better to slowly get, make sure everything, all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Mm-hmm. That's agreed agreed very very true <laughs> now have, that said, has anybody that said, you know i'm, I'm as yeah as anxious it... as anyone to get to start you know i used to do a lot of traveling i'm i'm, I'm as anxious as anyone for that to start again but i understand if things have to be taken slow now have cons been reaching out to say hey you know we want to put some feelers out uh i mean that was happening last year as well i mean at there were there were cons that were sort of scheduled for the end of the year that were at least tentatively booked and it was like all right uh, you know i guess i could do a tentative booking but uh we'll wait and see we'll wait and see and and of course a lot in a lot of the cases uh the cons uh just for insurance purposes have to at least you know like 
make it make it apparent that they are willing to do a convention if it is possible and if it's safe and if government regulations allow it. Uh, and then as you get closer to the con, it might get canceled. Sure. But then at least their insurance covers it. So I, I understand uh, why they're doing that. Absolutely. But you've already said you're ready to go. I, I want to get you to as many conventions as I can because I freaking love you. Oh, at conventions. Well, you so <laughs> yeah. As I say, uh, I, I of course would love to go to a convention tomorrow, but if it's not safe, then it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Have you been, have you been following what's been going on in the U S regarding the conventions? Um, as far as, <laughs> uh, well, I do, I know uh, for example, SDCC uh, canceled this year already, and they're looking at. I, I did know there was a bit of a backlash uh, regarding them picking a Thanksgiving date for a little sort of mini con. Yeah, the, the Black Friday weekend. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. you know, it's like, so a, a lot of people I've seen have been saying it's like they should have just picked Halloween weekend, and that. Been, yeah, I think the main issue is that uh, a lot of people are going to want to spend you know, Thanksgiving with their families since they couldn't last year. Uh, right. That was my, that was my, my gripe about it too. It's like the one, the one time, you know, we're finally allowed to be back with the family and you're saying, well, you know, we're going to do our big show that weekend. True. So that's kind of, but again, it's not going to be a big show. I think it's going to be a little show and they may have even arranged it that way because that will decrease the demand like they don't want necessarily to cram as many people in as they possibly can maybe starting yeah but if slow. they they stick san diego in front of anything you know and that's if people start coming out of the woodwork yeah that that is it, yeah. there is an allure there i've never actually been to san diego yeah. myself like i i was planning uh, yeah. on just going as a fan uh this year <clears throat> because i really like doing that as well uh gen con uh, the big gaming convention that's down in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. uh, for the last couple of years, I've I just decided I'm just going to go on my own Steam and just be just be a con goer, and it was great because you have no responsibilities. You just get to play a lot of D and D and other RPGs. And uh, I I was planning on like yeah you know I've never been to San Diego. I think maybe maybe this year, maybe this summer, uh, or at least you know. In 2019, I was thinking, yeah, summer of 2021 would be a good. No, no, that's probably not. <laughs> well, no, kind of what I was referring to was really like the backlash. Like, I don't know if you've seen like a vast majority of, of the uh, cons that have been going on, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or anything, has just been getting just lit into like, you know, how dare you have a, a con during this time, during this pandemic? You're just a super spreader of that. You're killing people. All this but I mean, stuff. Have, have, you, have, have you... there been, have cons actually been happening? Like, I know that people have announced cons and then they cancel at the last minute, but have there? Oh, yeah, there's, there's definitely been some cons. I mean, Alexa and I have been to a couple together. She's done some on her own, but they're, they're definitely happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, not anywhere near the scale that they were you know, prior, but they're happening. I mean, we're getting, you know, we're getting a couple of, you know, a good couple thousand people in a room oh, really? together. See, I easily. wasn't actually aware of that. I thought, I, I just assumed that they, they weren't happening. I mean, from my perspective, I, uh, if I'd be visiting from another country, so that adds a whole new level to it because, you know, I, I, yeah. I probably can't come for a con two weeks ahead, quarantine in a hotel, do the con, then go back to Canada and quarantine for two weeks in a hotel again. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, that just sounds, that sounds like the worst thing ever. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to go through that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, cause I, I was, I haven't gone through that because you know, that's, that's just not an option. It's uh yeah. Uh, and th- that is actually the current policy in Canada. If you've been out of the country and you come back, you can't just go, Oh, I'm going to go quarantine in my own house. You have to go to a specific government approved hotel quarantine there. And it's not free. You're paying for that hotel while you're there. So Yeah. Is it nice? Uh, again, I haven't done it, so I have no <laughs> idea what the hotels okay. are like. Uh, uh, they're 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 putting you up at the uh, at the worst Novotel on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I would okay. assume that trying to discourage people from traveling is part of that policy. So, again, I've I have I have not done any traveling since this started. I I have done a number of cons, but they've all been online cons, and I've actually had like some some really fun times, like Dragon Con. Uh, or virtual dragon con as they were calling it uh, last year i did a bunch of stuff at that that was great i did it all from you know my living room uh and uh, things you know like the dc fandom that they held like that was that was actually that really lifted my spirits like again i, I wasn't involved in any professional capacity with that just like watching all the panels online and uh you know doing the the virtual tour stuff that they had that was that was fun and it was it was a nice distraction at the height of the pandemic um, as far as, uh, and, and then I, I've done, like I say, a bunch of virtual panels at various cons. Uh, we did a little Mass Effect one for the Wales Comic Con online a little while ago. I also, uh, for Wales Comic Con, uh, ran a Dungeons and Dragons game, uh, with my friend Derek Mears, uh, who plays Swamp Thing, and, uh, Trevor Duvall, uh, who is, uh, the voice of Rocket Raccoon. Uh, and that was great. We, we, you know, we just played some D&D and it was fun. We were kind of kind of talking about some backlash, you know, and you said, you know, our show's actually going on. Um, you know, there's a, there's a show this this actually a week from this weekend, mm-hmm. so next weekend. Um, they uh, they they just got approved. The, the entire state opened up mm-hmm. to full capacity, so this this show is literally going to have as many people as want to come. They they want to come in. They can come what, in. Uh, what state? Which state? Uh, South Carolina. Uh, I'm nervous, but I'm also kind of excited to see where that goes. No, I assume people are uh, masks are going to be required and that sort of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And several of us have already gotten our our vaccinations. And I know there's a lot of states that have opened up to anybody 16 and over. So hopefully we're going to see a little bit better better roll out because we do have you know we do have the vaccines ready yes yeah i mean yeah that's uh actually u.s and uk are both doing very well in terms of uh vaccination and that's important because you want to get ahead of the variants that are out there right now yeah yeah Um, there's definitely i mean let's be honest we're both in florida and florida is is kind of the wild west for variants (laughs) like i think every variant starts in florida and just uh just right. comes from here <laughs> that's very true <laughs> so kind of kind of sticking on the uh on on the show stuff 
um, you know, you, you've already you've already let us know that that you know you're a gamer. You you're uh, you're into those board games because I'm a little upset that I didn't know that you've been to Gen Con for a couple of years. But I have to pay more attention. Well, because well, <laughs> um, you were Gen Con, I did end up doing like some other people's panels and guesting on in a couple of games and stuff like that. Uh, Satine Phoenix uh, very kindly had me uh, come in and do a couple of games, but I was largely there just as a private citizen and a private geek, uh, just there to you know buy stuff and play games now when you were walking around did people recognize uh, you well i was in cosplay as well so they, <laughs> they, you know that, <laughs> that all does help uh and also i'm a voice actor so like people don't necessarily know what i look like uh and and you know when people do recognize me because again it's a gaming convention and i've been on la by night and that sort of thing and was hanging out with jason carl so you know people do uh recognize me on occasion but i don't get swarmed like i'd say you know like for example the critical role guys i, I they find it very difficult to be able to you know, just walk the floor. Funnily enough, I ran into Matt Mercer, uh, and he was essentially in an incognito disguise. I won't describe it in case he, uh, he wants to use it in the future. But he actually came up and just sort of uh, pretended to be a Mass Effect fan. Yeah, he might like Mass Effect. Maybe he is a Mass Effect fan. But he, he, he totally got me because I did not recognize him. He, he totally Clark Kented me. That's great. That's funny. <clears throat> and then, you know, about two seconds. Yeah, Adam Savage. Oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> do they, do you have any other fandoms besides gaming that would be interesting to everybody? Uh, well, uh, so Dungeons and Dragons, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, so RPGs, I do, I do enjoy the RPGs and specifically D&D because D&D is what I started with way back when. Uh, but as far as like, are you talking video games? Oh, anything. Yeah, I anything. have a huge Fallout fan. Uh, I really enjoy uh, the Fallout universe, uh, just the art direction, the design of that universe, the lore of it. Uh, I I logged well over a thousand hours on Fallout for just building settlements mostly. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've always always been a Fallout fan, like right right from the the early games. Uh, so and I've definitely cosplayed uh, uh, for Fallout. Like at, at Dragon Con, there's a huge Fallout shoot every year. I try to make that when I can. Uh, but they've often got stuff scheduled against me. So, you know, I'll just put on my Fallout gear and walk around, as you do at DragonCon. Uh, beyond, beyond that, exactly. uh, big comic book fan, both Marvel and DC and superheroes in general. Uh, big horror fan. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of an all-purpose geek. Doctor Who, Star Wars, all these things. Any, any, any uh, particular horror? Uh, like, who's your favorite you know, baddie with Jason, Michael, Freddy. Uh, well, I've got a friend who's actually played Jason, so I should mention Jason. It's, that's Derek Muir, oh. the same guy uh, who, who played Swamp Thing in the recent series. And uh, I, I guess I was always I was always a Freddy guy growing up. I like I like the wisecracking, and uh, as opposed to the strong silent type. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> I've always been a horror movie fan, and I tend to gravitate more towards the supernatural horror. You know, like vampires, werewolves, demons, all that sort of thing. Uh, Lovecraft, uh, like all the Cthulhu mythos stuff, I, I enjoy that uh, quite a bit. I do a fair bit of uh, Call of Cthulhu LARPing. Uh, that's that's pretty much the most LARP. The, most of the LARPing I've done has been Call of Cthulhu style. And I play with a bunch of friends over in the UK. Uh, their games aren't actually open to the general public. It's just a private game. But the amount of work they put into building their props and finding the locations like we'll we'll rent like 
a manor house in the English countryside and basically play there for the weekend. Uh, and you, you stay in character for the whole weekend. It's like being in an improvised horror movie. And the quali- again, the quality of the costumes and the props and the set pieces is just phenomenal. So that's, that's something I like to do, which is pretty nerdy. As I say, I'm an, I'm an all-purpose nerd. It's, it's probably easier to ask you know, I, I, things I'm not into. And the answers might surprise, like Transformers. I never really got into Transformers. Of course, you know, I, I know as much as uh, a general, as the general public about trans. I know Decepticons and, uh, and, uh, and whatnot, but the other guys, Autobots. Uh, I was about to say, I was about the to Autobots, say, Robots, there you go. It was actually a Transformers ripoff in the eighties. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, there's certain, certain ones that I just never picked up. Uh, I guess, I would say more recently I've got into some anime like My Hero Academia I love and Attack on Titan. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I'm sort of anime agnostic. Like I, if I see a costume at a con that I don't recognize, I'm, it's like that's from some anime I've never seen. Uh, but but then again, like the older, <laughs> like the old, truly old classic anime, that's what I watched as a kid, like Astro Boy and Battle of the Planets and things like that. Macross. I'm I'm pretty sure I remember you being a Slytherin too. Uh, right? I'm actually, uh, according to Pottermore, uh, I'm a Ravenclaw. But I, but I really, I think you. Could, I could have swore you picked up a Slytherin. No, it was a Hydra cup right, that you yes, picked up from me. That's right. Yes, yeah, because it was green. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I, pre- I appreciate that N seven plug too. By the way, and, uh, I. Uh, <laughs> Slytherin, yeah, the, the thing about Slytherin is their guiding principle is ambition, and that's just not me. So, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to go with Ray. I, I agree with Potterboard, Ravenclaw. That's my, that's my house in that universe. Fair, fair. Now, when, when you've been at a show, I, I, I've seen you in cosplay. I know, you know, you host costume contests. You, you do a whole lot of stuff at shows, but like, what's the craziest thing that a fan has ever requested, like at a booth? Um, I, you know, I've been, I haven't encountered like anything that weird, or at least not that I consider, consider weird. Like, I guess, you know, I've, I've signed a lot of, uh, you know, uh, risque fan art, I guess. Uh, but again, that's not, that's not anything <laughs> I, so I never considered that like, Oh, that was weird. Uh, Let's see. I guess I've I've signed a lot of men's boobs. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's very specific. There's, there's Interesting. A number of man breasts <laughs> that I have signed. I I will say I know a guy who he's an artist, and every time he meets one of like one of the artists that's inspired him, or someone that has like has played a role that has made an impact on his life, he has them sign his arms. And he immediately he'll saran wrap his arm, and he'll go to a uh, go to a tattoo shop and have the tattoo artist basically put that uh, yeah, on I, his I've arm. I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. they, you know they've had me sign a piece of their body and then let me know they're getting that tattooed. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make this signature look extra nice then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's thinking forward. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, and so for all what? I know, 
some of those uh, some of those man boobs I signed got tattooed. <laughs> yeah, I, I would assume so because I mean, let's be real honest. Dudes love oh. Commander Shepard. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. And so, yeah, so I appreciate you not in, in going like, to depth on the that. Weirdest thing that uh, that I've ever had to. It's like I I don't know if I consider anything that I've been asked to do that particularly weird. No, I know we did a show last January, and they had one of the guys, like the main character from Outlander, there, and like the women were bringing him all sorts oh, yeah. of crazy stuff. Like they brought him king cakes and bottles of whiskey <laughs> and like marriage proposals. Um, have you have fans like brought you? Oh, certainly. Stuff yeah, I've got like that. I've got some amazing gifts from fans. Uh, uh, just recently, I, I think I used it in. I did a uh, a Mass Effect online uh, uh, role playing game, which I, which I believe we're we're coming back this Saturday uh, on the roll for it Twitch to do a little continuation of that. Uh, but I played a Hanar in that, and I used a little plush Hanar that uh, a fan had made me, which was really nice. And there've been, you know, I've got a number of plushies. I've got a plush Baron. Uh, a lot of fan art. A lot of a lot of pieces of fan art, prints, and sometimes the original art. And uh, I keep all that. I've got it. You know, I, I don't actually have room for all of it, but I do have a wall in my office that's just Mass Effect fan art and gifts from fans. So do, do you do you collect any like that you've actually purchased fan art of any of the characters you voiced? Like when you're strolling around at the shows, are you looking around and going, oh, you know, that's a that's a Commander Shepard one. I like that one. Or that's, a, you know, another voice I've done. I'd, I'd like to uh, a couple of times I've tried to buy them and then they end up giving it to me. <laughs> so, so I've tried. I've tried to be supportive, uh, but they've, they've just been too generous for that. Uh, yeah. So m- most of the, the fan art that I own has been gifts. Uh, and, and as I say, sometimes when I try to buy something, they just give it to me. So. <laughs> that's that's pretty and of cool, course, though. Hey, celebrity yes, has and, its and uh, probably yeah. the, the greatest uh, of uh, things along that line that I was given was a full suit of Commander Shepard armor uh, that a gentleman by the name of David Carpenter uh, built for me. He's uh, from Evil FX Props and Armor. Uh, we'd met at Dragon Con uh, the year before, and he was in a great Commander Shepard outfit. So I had to, you know, go, went up and introduce myself and told him great work, and uh, we became Facebook friends. Uh, and then a few months before the subsequent Dragon Con, he just said, uh, hey, by the way, I made you a full suit of Commander Shepard armor. And I said, I will wear it. And I did. Uh, that was the first time I cosplayed as Commander Shepard. And he very generously gifted that armor to me. And, you know, he, he charges a fair chunk of change for that stuff. So that was a very, very generous gift. And he also then threw in, it's like, oh, you don't have uh, an Avenger uh, assault rifle yet. Here you go. Take that as well. So, yeah, very, very Oh, and then cool. uh, another fellow uh, by the name who's uh, fairly well known in prop making circles, uh, Eric Jarman, uh, that same con just walked up to me with a full Commander Shepard helmet that lit up from the inside and was just like, I made this for you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, oh, that's it was, awesome. It was a great gift. Uh, yeah, very, as I say, Mass Effect fans are very, very creative and very generous. Now, that's really cool. Um <laughs> Alexa, what else? Do we got? Do you have anything else? Um, before the uh, before the the, the, the fun questions, stuff, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, I I don't because 
Mark is like a wealth of knowledge and I don't want to keep him on the phone forever because I, I would talk to him forever, but um, Mark's a busy guy. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Why don't you, uh, why don't you start with your, uh, with your questions and then I'll go into mine and then I want to ask him one more. Okay. Let's, before we get into that, let's just take a quick break. All right, we're back. And, uh, so Mark, what, what we like to do at the end of these, um, the interviews that we're doing, we like to just ask a couple of questions that each of us kind of have for, for the, for each guest. And mine are, since you're in the world of, of the celebrities that people are waiting in line to get autographs for. If if money was no issue for you, and you could pick any celebrity, any person doesn't have to be a celebrity, any person in the world that's alive, and you know whatever their cost of their autograph picture, whatever it was, was was you know no issue for you. Who would who would that person be? Oh, I might as well go for like the big ticket items, like uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen and uh, Shatner, probably. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Ian McKellen would be a good one. Yeah, Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. All right. And so then my second question is the same question, but now anybody throughout history obviously can be dead. Oh, let's see. Well, you know, I, I had the great uh, fortune of getting to meet Stan Lee before he passed. I I knew that somehow it was going to come to that. I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here in my head thinking, I wonder if he's mm-hmm. going to say Stan. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I never, I never actually got anything uh, signed by Stan. Uh, I mean, there are a few things I have signed. I didn't actually stand in line for this, but uh, funnily enough, uh, it was Nathan Fillion's brother uh, stood in line for me and got me uh, Carrie Fisher's autograph on uh, a set oh. of Princess Leia uh, earmuffs. Or they're, they're like, you know, cheap Halloween cosplay Leaba. Uh, so that's the yeah. package and it's signed by her. So that was that was very nice. Uh, Hold on. We were guests together at Edmonton in 2016 and uh, you didn't go meet did Carrie. Did you see her line? <laughs> yeah. I walked right to the front, I Mark. I did full rank like that. I did not full rank. Oh, I had to and, pull rank. I'm a gigantic plus, Star Wars uh, fan, so course, they often keep me busy with uh, with various panels and things like that. And I gotta be, I gotta be at my table as well. So that's fair. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't tend to have time to to line up. I mean, there are some people. George Perez, uh, who is one of my favorite comic artists, when he was still doing convention signings a couple of times at Dragon Con, you know, I, I bit the bullet and got in line. And got uh, a few sketches for him, and they're uh, from him, and they're among my most treasured possessions. George is great. He's great oh, yeah, for cosplayers. Nice, nice and great. as I say, like he, he yeah. was one of my favorite artists growing up. Like when I was a kid, I always considered a comic definitely in continuity if he drew it. It's like okay, well, if George Perez drew it, that definitely happened in the Marvel universe or the DC universe. All right, you're up, Alexa. All right, so I, 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 I'm very much an entertainment person. Um, you know, I I work a ton, so I've always got to have something, you know, some sort of noise going in the background, just when I'm working on things to kind of keep me keep me going. Um, but also, I can I can sit there and there's a couple of movies that I can just watch over and over and over again. Um, Spaceballs is probably my my favorite movie of all time like what's your what's your go-to entertainment if you need to veg if you need to you know just have some oh, yeah, fun I've got in the background whatever like that. Uh, jaws is, is one of those movies that i've seen a billion times but i could watch i'll throw it on if it's on tv i'll just like oh i'm gonna watch this for a while uh john carpenter's the thing definitely 
the Lord of the Rings movies I could easily just have on in the background and do you can you pick just one of those or uh, it you no know, it's all three and it's the extended editions yeah oh is it definitely extended I, the other ones aren't even worth watching the originals it's the extended or nothing uh, let's see <laughs> but it's funny it's funny when it comes to Lord of the Rings Fellowship is my favorite one to watch but Two Towers is my favorite book. right yeah I mean I like Fellowship a lot yeah. because it ends in a different spot it ends with She Love and you think Frodo's dead but anyway oh, sorry no, no, I digress uh, it's your fellowship. This is your is, interview. Uh, <laughs> in some ways, fellowship is my favorite one because it's the most like a straight up Dungeons and Dragons adventure. You know, you assemble the party, they go into the thing, they you know they go into the mines of Moria. That's that's all very seems very much like a D and D adventure, uh, which you know makes sense because uh, Tolkien was rather influential uh, in terms of fantasy. But yeah, uh, yeah there's there's quite a few movies like that. Uh, Near Dark is one of my favorite. Uh, horror movies uh it's a vampire movie with uh lance henriksen and bill paxton uh and it was made by it was i believe it was catherine bigelow's directorial debut uh and yeah it came out the same year as lost boys and totally got destroyed at the box office by lost boys i really Uh, i really lost boys is so great and so getting to work with lance on the mass effect when i actually met uh, Lance for the first time, I, I completely fanboyed on him. He was, and he's a very, very nice guy. He's very, very generous and patient. He, he gave me free prints as well. So that was, <laughs> that was nice. And yeah. I've... Now this is kind of a sidebar, but mm-hmm. you, you mentioned Nathan Fillion's brother. Haven't you and Nathan Fillion done like some, some, uh, some dark cast stuff in Edmonton? Am, so, I, am I am stuff? I crazy or am I just imagining that? Or some uh, like some oh, yes. oh yeah, some yeah, theater stuff actually, together, like uh, some uh, he's, uh, yeah. He I belonged uh, to the same theater company, Rapid Fire Theater in Edmonton, and uh, so we did improv. Uh, we were in the same company. He actually put me on my first when I was just starting out. Put me on my first second half team. Uh, you know, so the first half was for the junior players, and the second half was for more experienced. And he he actually very generously uh, put me on my first uh, my first second half team. And again, Nathan is an amazing guy. He's always uh, willing to help out. He actually helped us raise money uh, for our theater when we were renovating it. So, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely uh, one of Edmonton's favorite sons. That's uh, that's pretty freaking amazing. So you you have traveled, you know, you've you've been a little bit of everywhere. Um, for me, I, I'm a foodie. I'm chubby. I like to eat. We you know, we, we talk about this every every episode, how, you know, I, I like to eat um, before I moved here. Orlando was my favorite place to come for food. There's, you know, there's an amazing taco place down the street. There's, you know, Disney that has so many different food, you know, food options. And Orlando as a whole, you know, outside of LA kind of has the biggest concentration of like Mm -hmm. everything because everybody comes here. Um, You know, is there a place, you know, I know, you know, Edmonton, there's an amazing um, uh, Eggs Benedict place around the corner from the convention center. You know, Calgary, you have the big cheese poutine place. Is there a city that, like, when you get booked there, you're like, oh, I got to stay, like, an extra three days so I can go and have dinner here. I can have lunch at this place. Oh, and I want to go, and, you know, check out the food. Atlanta, uh, Dragon Con, 
of course, uh, I've been going to Dragon Con for years, and I was going for as a fan for years before that. Uh, there's also a theater company in Atlanta called Dad's Garage, and the the folks there are the ones responsible for introducing me to some of my favorite restaurants in the world. Uh, Fat Matt's Rib Shack in Atlanta is amazing, very very good place. Uh, and and there's uh, I mostly do a barbecue tour when I'm in Atlanta. Uh, there's Fat Matt's Rib Shack. There's uh, Das Barbecue. Uh, there's a place called uh, Bone Lick Barbecue, which I'm I'm hoping has survived the pandemic. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, yeah, there's there's so so much good barbecue in Atlanta. I love it. That's uh, that that's actually good to know because we Ryan and I both have to drive through Atlanta oh. in the next couple of days Go for a uh, for a convention that we have Batman this weekend. Project. That's the it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you've got to, yes. now you've got to research the, uh, it and convince yeah. Meg to go. Sort of more uh, you know, the juicy, <laughs> uh, saucy ribs as opposed to the dry rub. There's some great dry rub places in Atlanta as well. Yeah, we're definitely going to try that, that one for sure on the way through. Yeah, yeah, because you guys are uh, you guys are driving up and yeah. staying the night, so you can uh, you can stop and enjoy the uh, the stuff. I. Uh, Sadly, I have to do it on Monday, and I'm going to have to uh, bust a move to get back home because we have our follow-up vaccine on Tuesday, uh, which is exciting. Follow-up vaccine is always good. <laughs> well, I think that's all we got then, right? Uh, yeah, um, just one yes. more thing. Um, Mark, if uh, – if, because mm-hmm. we've, got, we've got promoters that listen to the show. Um, if they want to reach out to you and, uh, you know, and get you at least tentatively lined up or they want to talk to you about, you know – what uh, what the commitment is to uh, to get you to show? How do they uh, how oh, do they I'm reach out to you? Who uh, who do they need to contact? Of Fan Geek. Yes, there you uh, go. Jackie's yeah, Jackie wonderful. Also, uh, I I know who Jackie uh, is. Some other uh, folks in the Mass Effect cast and uh, and and various other clients. Uh, and yes, Jackie uh, Jackie is my rep. Awesome. And then they uh, can, can find, find you online at where at Mr. That's MR period Mark Mir. And then I'm on Twitter at Mark underscore Mir because I'm not organized enough mm-hmm. to get a unified social media presence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't think anybody that, uh, that, that got into it, you know, after like what 19 or well, 2001 say, yeah, or yeah, 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 was able to get anything unified. But uh, and then, uh, of course, as mentioned, uh, I'm also doing a couple of shows that have started up in the last year or so. Uh, the Black Dice Society, which is a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, an official Dungeons and Dragons uh, stream set in Ravenloft more horror themed. Uh, that is every Thursday on the official Dungeons and Dragons Twitch and uh, YouTube accounts. And I believe we go at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. So that's the live episodes. Uh, They're available as video on demand afterwards, of course. And you can catch up on our first debut episode uh, that's currently up. We also had a little preview episode that we played at GaryCon. And uh, you can find that as well. I'm also doing a podcast called Stitch of Fate, a podcast by night, which is a Vampire the Masquerade uh, actual play podcast. Award-winning, thank you. We actually just won three Audioverse awards uh, in the last couple of weeks. And that drops every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, pretty much wherever you would find a podcast on all major platforms, as they say. 
All right. Well, I, for one, want to thank you for coming on and uh, coming on to the show and spitting some knowledge to everybody. So we My really appreciate pleasure. it. Thanks.